Welcome to Life, Love, and Hustle, the podcast that uncovers the story behind the stories of entrepreneurs, artists, and activists making an impact in their business, community, and the culture. Join us for these intimate conversations with ordinary people working to do extraordinary things and hear their journey through struggle, triumph, growth, and change. Now, here's your host, Chad Smith. What's going on? It's your man, Chad, here. Welcome to another episode of Life, Love, and Hustle. And I'm joined today by a good friend of mine, um, someone who we have been in each other's orbit for some reason or, or another for the past uh, for the past uh, two years. Um, met him when he was working with uh, one of his companies that he started up um, and uh, helped grow to a million bajillion dollars. And uh, <laughs> now he's developed a few more ventures, and uh, he's got a, probably got a few more in the oven cooking up. So this is probably one of the uh, one of the best young entrepreneurs that I've had the pleasure of meeting. Got a great mind for business, a great mind for all things marketing, and I think uh, you're going to learn a lot from listening to this episode, if you are a young entrepreneur, you know, kind of wanting to know how to get things off the ground, how to grow things, and uh, even how to uh, handle multiple businesses at once. So I'm happy to bring in my main man, Mr. Connor Doherty. How are you today, sir? Hey, Chad. I'm doing great. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on the show here. Oh, of course, of course. So the current company that you uh, that you helped uh, start up right now um uh, it's called uh, Absolute Restoration. Absolute Restoration. I was getting confused with the other one. I, I always get them mixed up. Of course. Absolute Restoration. And of course, uh, your awesome company, which I see you actually making a lot of moves recently, uh, the Irish Bartender. Yep. So we'll talk uh, so, we'll, so we'll talk about those here in a bit. But first, how are you, man? Hey, doing great. Doing great. You know, it's a hot little uh, Friday here. Definitely warm. You know, it's July, but you know, I'm doing well. I'm getting around. <laughs> now, now you're Maryland based. Now, or are you? You're in Hagerstown, right? I am Maryland based. I am actually based out of Williamsport area. Oh, I mean, it may as well be Hagerstown. It pretty, may as well be pretty much. You know. <laughs> well, I always tell people Hagerstown because you know, no one knows what Williamsport is. The town of Williamsport is like uh, the furthest suburb of Hagerstown. Yes, yes. <laughs> closest, closest to the riverside. Well, it's so funny. I didn't even know what Williamsport was until I was in the William Metz Majorette and Drum Corps. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And th- we had our Wednesday night practices at the Williamsport Elementary School. Yeah, yeah, that's where I went. I actually was one of about 50 students of my year that went from Williamsport Elementary to Springfield Middle to uh, Williamsport High School and graduated kindergarten all the way till senior year, um, which is just a select group. Oh, wow, man. So you're so you're like you're 100 percent Williamsport guy. I'm a the full bred Williamsport, um, both. But my parents, you know, that's where the Irish bartender comes from. My parents are actually from Ireland. Um, so they both have the Irish background. Um, I'm first generation, uh, definitely first generation Marylander, first generation Williamsport. Um, but then born, <laughs> born and bred in Williamsport for sure. Well, so in case people don't know yet who you are, uh, you know, just uh, tell everyone, introduce yourself. 
My name is Connor Darty. Um, I run a few local businesses here. Um, you know, I work my way in business development. Um, a lot of my entrepreneurials are from startups um, and, you know, helping other people build a business. Uh, people have come to me, you know, with ideas and stuff. And then, you know, I help turn that from, you know, just uh, out in the air into a physical thing that you can grab. Um, you know, I have branched off into my own few businesses um, and then, you know, just always looking for future entrepreneurial experiences. How did you get into the entrepreneurial space? I mean, it's one thing to have, you know, a little side hustle, but it's another thing to actually pursue it full time and to build a few. So how did you, how did you get into the entrepreneurial space? Uh, it's definitely a long story. It started when I was much younger. I was in college, um, and I was pursuing a few different things. I had gone to school for medical and, uh, that was pursuing pre-med at the time. Um, I was, you know, doing that. I had worked my way into, um, a different alley. Basically, I had spent some time doing the medical field. I was really passionate about, you know, physicality and just working out. And I was a big athlete. Um, so I basically made my way into that to become a uh, physical therapist. Um, now, you know, I did like that. Um, but it wasn't really, you know, my main passion. There was a lot of schooling involved, um, which, you know, expenses and all that good stuff. I just, I just wasn't really, um, into that full, full market. Um, but I had really, I had met this guy, uh, through a mutual friend and he was very motivational to me. Um, his name was Jeremy Santucci. Um, and he was a local guy that had made it big into a city area of New York. And I, I had been introduced to him through a very, you know, close personal friend and, uh, just his motivational to like work for himself and just build things. He was a creative mind. Um, it, it was really the first time that I had, uh, you know, been introduced to this style of work. Um, I came from a very traditional background, nine to five, you know, if I could get a government job, best thing I could ever do. Um, it's, it's what I was being taught. Um, and so when I met him, he had so many just different creative ideas and just trying to create finance through those. Um, it really inspired me. And, you know, he, he would push me and, you know, he's like all of us here, you know, there'd be a lot of people in the room there that he would be motivating and, you know, um, trying to mentor. It's like all of us can pursue these dreams and really push through it. You know, we are a gifted group of people and, you know, it, it really start with believing in yourself Believing in yourself to take that first little jump of risk, um, you know, I was lucky to have some really cool people around me that motivate me and say, you know, you can do this. You know, you just got to put your mind to it. Now, I remember you were you telling me um, because I was in the fitness field for about a quarter of a century. I'm like three times your age. Mm -hmm. I remember you telling me that you had actually gotten into uh, the online training space. Yes, um, I had become a personal trainer. Um, a little bit later in life, uh, I, I was going to school for the physical therapy and then I had transitioned and, you know, I was always had a heavy, you know, I'm Irish Catholic. Um, I always had a heavy, uh, philosophical background. So I had switched gears, went into the philosophy 
And, uh, you know, uh, some people thought that was a little bit crazy. Um, I just thought I was, you know, very well rounded. Um, and I thought, you know, those two things were actually helping out each other, mind, body, physicality, um, just Mm. the healthy mind, healthy body. Um, and once I started to really, uh, expand into that, I had, worked my way into a bit of a, you know, I I had gone into the acting field um, from then and I had moved to New York, left, went to New York and uh, started to cast uh, for a lot of things that had to do with modeling, acting, um, you know, promotional things. And that was really when I found my love I was always an athlete and I liked playing sports, but I wasn't, you know, the most athletic person. Uh, you know, I just, I always played sports because I was a social person. Um, but then when I found, you know, building yourself and being healthy and this, like this long term lifelong journey that you were all on, um, I just realized how important that actually was. And I started to mold myself to become, um, you know, financially secure into the acting, modeling, um, just anything physicality realm, really. Okay, so when you got into when you got into the online space, what year was this? Was this like 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 two thousand? Two um, I was in. I'd say about two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. Okay, because yeah, that's about the time when it started to, to start to take off, where uh, people started to handle. Um, people became more coaches than trainers. So, you know, I create the program, I walk you through how to execute it, and then we have regular check-ins, right? So I remember I had a few of those myself. So, and um, a lot of people are coming into it now. That's all they're doing. They've never trained in the gym. Um, so, uh, So how did you do when you were an online trainer? And then how did you begin? How and why did you move out of that space? Oh, man. Um, The the competitive nature of the online training is definitely difficult. Um, I really had sought out why people were being able to train at such a high level. Um, You know, I had had an educational background in exercise and started, you know, to get degrees in that field. And then I started to realize that, you know, people that didn't have a degree that were, you know, maybe had played a few years in the NFL or um, had very high level gymnastic skills, um, those types of things. Those people were really doing very well in the industry. Um, Social clout. Yeah, social clout. Social clout. I started to maybe realize it wasn't all about the education. You know, I have an educational background um, and then I wanted to really turn this into a career base. So I had started to look at seriously, how can I build um, this type of, you know, like you said, clout, what a reputation Mm -hmm. um, around that? uh, And how could I, you know, turn that into something that would be able to create finance? People would trust in me to be like, hey, this guy has the answers. I have a few questions. This guy has the answers. So again, at the beginning, very, you know, it, it was very slow. I think I was 20 years old at this point. Um, I would oh, wow. wake up and I was training every day. You know, I, again, I had a close personal friend who was in the same industry as me. Um, we had lived across the street from each other. Um, we would wake up every day, you know, pretty early, start running. We'd train three or four times a day. 
um, constant lifting. Um, like, oh, oh, so you would work out yourself like three times a day? Oh, oh man, I I was like, <laughs> I was fit as a fiddle. I had a six pack. I was shredded. I I went from you know a pretty. I was a soccer player. You know, very low body type, um, mm-hmm. body weight is what you know, and so I started to lift more running a lot. Um, that's where I really started to focus on how nutrition can break through those barriers. They call it the 70, 30 complex, 70% nutrition, 30% physicality and working out. Um, so I really started to break into that world and experiment with nutrition, um, and how that would really break through the barriers that I was looking to get into. But I had a close friend, um, we would push each other very, very hard, um, and you know, that, that, um, helped a lot, but he also, you know, at, at this time he had been signed to, um, Abercrombie and Fitch. And oh, wow. So we would, you know, it, it was a more of a training bubble. You know, a lot of people would see that flashiness of like, Oh, this is something that's going on. But really we would always retire back to the training bubble. That's where the things, that's where the ideas and the physicality and the actual, you know, the drive was coming from. Now we would exit that and go to certain places, um, but then we'd always return back to the bubble just to like center ourselves, re get everything in line, get our physicality on point, get all that stuff mentally, and just you know, so we could go out into the world. Now, when you were in your prime, when you were at your at your peak coachiness, how many clients were you managing at uh, were you managing at your peak? Uh, not, not an outrageous amount. I'd probably get, you know, if 10 at a time, I'd say, you know, that was pretty high. Um, I did kind of want to focus on people's just full lifestyle. So, I mean, I, I'd say five or six and okay. I'd, I'd really be getting in depth of, you know, mm. how we can, how we can do the nutrition. I mean, once I realized that, that that was the most important part. It wasn't about, you know, the the working out. It was about that. You know, most people can do that portion, but then they realize, hey, you know, the home cooking, the the understanding nutrition, the food, yeah. that's the biggest part. And that's the hardest part, the discipline. The, also, how to eat when you're not home. Exactly. How to eat when you're on the road. And that's something that I did. I, I used to live in buses and I would be taking buses all the time to New York and Baltimore and uh, I'd, I'd be like in these crazy situations where I didn't have a lot of these things available. Sometimes I would run around New York and do pull-ups on scaffolding and push-ups <laughs> on the sidewalk. And, you know, people would sit there and watch it. And they're like, these guys are nuts. But you know, <laughs> the reality was I was hungry and, you know, I didn't have that many, you know, I, I couldn't just walk into the gym in downtown Manhattan at this point. And, yeah. you know, we would just do anything we possibly could. Um, to really do that. That's cool, man. So what did you, what did you learn during this time period? So what did you learn that carried you over into the next phase of entrepreneurship? Um, just the, just the building. Um, so it takes time realizing that things take time to progress and, you know, allowing yourself to hit those milestones and those goals. Don't be too anxious to be like, Hey, why am I not um, you know, built this giant conglomerate yet. 
Um, don't be too hard on yourself in those aspects, but just understand that like it's a stepping stone process. Um, you have to really learn, you know, the physicality, um, and then, you know, that really the competition level in that aspect turned me on to business. Um, that's really when I realized, you know, I, I'm trying to. I I thought I was just passionate about fitness, but then I realized like as quick as that snap. I'm a business owner. Like I'm running a business. I am, I am a business. I'm running the business of Connor Darty right now. And that's what a lot of people in the city started to tell me, Hey, you are a business. You might not be, you know, like an LLC yourself, but you are starting a business based off your own name. Your name is a brand. Um, you need to start creating that, building that, figuring out ways you know, because there's a lot of fit people out there. There's a lot of people in this industry. What is differentiating yourself, you know, from the next guy? And, you know, how can you build your brand and your business? And then that's when I really started to focus on how to build businesses. And, um, you know, exercise is a difficult path sometimes, like I said, very competitive. Um, if you can do a fitness brand and you can do a lot of those businesses, you can build just about anything. Yeah, what they always ask you, what's your USP, what's your mm-hmm. what's your unique selling proposition? Exactly. You know? What's your story? And the, yeah, 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 what's your story? You know, cuz that's all a brand is. It's a story that you tell you tell your audience. Exactly. You know, to to get them to raise their hand and say, "Hey, I want to hear more about that," you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah that sounds like me. You know, uh, I want to hear more about that, you know? And then just believe so, in yourself. I watched a few of my friends and then other people do what I thought was impossible. And once you see someone achieve the impossible, it lets you think, you know, I can do that too. Anyone can do that. If you put, you know, you, you get all these things together, you got to work hard and you got to figure it out and you got to do these things. But if you see that happen, you believe it. You're like, Hey, this, this is actually something that can happen. I, you know, now I'm a believer. And then, you know, that's the first step of doing anything. Well, case in point, uh, Back in the '90s, at the um, the uh, Atlanta Olympic Games, Rem- remember Michael Johnson? Yeah, sprinter. No one thought anyone was ever gonna beat his was gonna beat his time mm-hmm. that uh, his world record time that he set back in back in the '90s. Like people just people just were just like, yeah, you know what? It can't be done. But all of a sudden. Usain Bolt blows his time away. Oh yeah, many many years later, big time. And all of a sudden, it now the next season you had a bunch of guys who were coming up on the old Johnson time, but they had to see it first before yeah. they would believe it was possible. Visualization is the key, you know, to just about anything. If you can visualize it and you can create a plan you can achieve just about anything and like you said people thought it was impossible you know the internet is a great thing you know it, it's it's a crazy thing but it is a great thing <laughs> because it shows people all these things that they maybe thought that was impossible and then you know it, it lights the fire underneath of them and you know allows them to push themselves to an insane limit to achieve that and get there. And, you know, that that's exactly what you're seeing now with a lot of people. 
Yeah, and for the most part, if somebody else has done it, somebody else can do it, you know? So there's nobody out there better than anybody else. Some people might have more resources. They may have like better connections than you do at that point in your life. But those things, you know, some people get to the finish line a little faster, but that doesn't mean that you can't cross, you know, in a, in a, in a race, everyone crosses the finish line, you know, is some people just get there a little faster, you know? So I don't have to run your race. I just got to run my best race. Exactly. It's always you against you. I mean, it's the competition and comparison is the death to desire and happiness. Once you start yes, I love yourself it. to other people, you know, that that's really when you start to feel down on yourself. But, you know, it, it, it's not bad to look at other people and say, you know, look at this guy. This guy's doing this. You know, that that's you know, amazing. That's incredible. You know, but you're in your own lane fighting yourself. That's, you know, that's the reality of anything. You're fighting yourself. That That's your biggest competition. So when you came out of the online training space, so you got a taste of entrepreneurship, of, of being a business owner, you know, you, you, you wet your whistle, you know, so what'd you do next? What did you do? Because, you know, a lot of people don't know if, you know, once you get your taste, you get that little itch on the back of your neck, you know, and, and you got to scratch it. So that usually means what's next. So what, what was next for you? Next. What was your next venture? Um, I, it was more of an educational process. Um, now, like I said, I had realized that I needed to become a businessman. I needed to become a mm. person that could understand sales and that could sell himself. Um, and I had gotten involved in a small business startup that was called Gulf Coast Photos. Now, this was a business that was based in commission-based photography. Um, now, I didn't know much about photography at the time. I was passionate about art. Um, I had done a lot of art um, in college and, you know, high school, everything. You know, I had always wanted to be a creator. I didn't know. I, didn't, I was terrible at drawing, though. So I tried to figure <laughs> out what uh, the creation could be. Um, so this was just a business that was basically cold calling face to face. You're just doing sales um, in a public area and just meeting thousands of people a day. Um, and that was kind of like a breakthrough moment for me of like what people were doing versus what, you know, what someone has a dream and, you know, what are people doing to get that and, you know, accomplish that goal. I, I realized, you know, I could talk to thousands of people a day if I really had an idea, you know, I was pursuing them to sell them photography pictures of their friends, their family, different things like that. But it really had sparked a sales aspect in me that generally people, you know, they just want to talk to somebody that they can understand, you know, or likable. Um, and then I got into the sales role of selling myself and then building, you know, uh, just how I could do that every single day. How can I just start building a network? How can I build this um, to just basically have support systems around me? Um, and this was, I, I was not the owner of this business. Um, I was just, you know, an associate and one of the salespeople. And this was like, I felt, you know, it wasn't a step back position. Um, it was definitely a necessary role um, where it, 
like I had a few bosses there. The, the owner of that business was a very driven salesperson. He was good at talking. He was good at selling. He was, you know, he, he was a people person. Um, and he had taught me a lot, uh, just not only, you know, from direct, just watching him. He was a driven person. I'd almost had never met someone that driven at this point. Um, he was just always on business. He was always selling. He was, and then I was like, oh man, this is, you know, some people are like, oh, I'm, I'm working all the time. I'm like, no, no, I, I <laughs> no, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I really try and do now that I'm much older, surround myself with that. People are like, oh, Connor, you're so busy. I'm like, I know like seven people that I make me look like I don't do anything. And work you work you under the table, huh? Hundred percent. And you know, once you you know, they say if you're the fourth person of any group, ultimately you will be that thing. And you know that that's how that's another thing that I've done. I've surround myself with other business owners that are busier than me. Somehow I don't even understand. There's only 24 hours in the day, so <laughs> these people are like just striving and striving. <laughs> well, the there's um there's a great book. Uh, Jeff Blunt, I don't know if you've uh, read it yet, called A Fanatical Prospecting. Have you read that? I have not, no. Yeah, uh, some people, like prospecting and selling, that's not just their job. That's their that's their art or that's their, that's their competition. Like some people compete on the mat. Some people compete on the ball court. Their competition is is hitting the phone. How many calls can I get? You know, and I, how many, how many appointments can I set? How many, you know, what's my close ratio? Uh, or, you know, or, uh, I'm going to try, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to get this close perfected. I'm going to work this technique. So some people sales is their sport. Yeah. And like, and they go into it with a Kobe Bryant or a, uh, LeBron James type mindset, you know, when they hit the offense, that's their court and they're going in there early. They're going to go in there and be ready. And they're going to outwork everybody else on that team. Like those people are special. Like everyone's not built like that. Very true. Yeah. So aside from that, from that individual, um, who are some of your, who, who are some of your influences uh, in the world of, of, of sales? Mm, sales definitely, um, for sure, influences. Um, I had worked for a company um, before COVID, and you know that was definitely a commission-based thing. Um, I had a boss there, and uh, well, he wasn't. He wasn't my boss. He was just, you know, the. Um, uh, he had worked in the same office area, and I think he was the delivery manager, is what his title was. Um, but he was just really good at the job. He had been there for 20 years. Um, his sales, just a great guy, um, driven, you know, like you said, willing to make the calls, willing to come in early, willing to leave late. Um, and you know, he would always say, you know, when you need, he's like, what's the secret to this? And he'd say, F you. And I was, and then he would always (laughs) laugh and he said, like what? And I was like, what are you talking about? Focus and urgency. So you need to focus and you need urgency. You need to get back to your people. You need to communicate correctly. You need to focus on what you're doing right now. Keep your eyes on the prize, you know, the whole way through until it's complete. Um, he definitely a mentor had, you know, I had listened to him. I respect the guy a lot. 
Um, I had listened to him a lot. He had taught me um, a, f- a few things. And, and there was a few people in that office um, that really motivated me. There was Actually, my my um, like higher up, the guy that was looking after me, he might have been about five years younger than me. Oh, wow. And so people were like, oh, do you have a problem with working with someone younger with you? I was like, not at all. Like, I, I, I looked into what he does and you know I, I look at the numbers that he's producing and you know i'm like i'm purely flabbergasted by that um i, I love, would love to work under this person um and you know there was a lot of people in that office but by far he was eclipsing everyone times three and i was like well, what is them. what is the secret this guy yeah. was just you know he born he, he was a driven person um born to work into that style of environment um, and you know, he, he had a lot of, he was goal oriented. I'd never seen anyone drive that hard in a, like, a uh, um, basically a, um, in a call center where someone is a wolf of wall street type of area. Um, <laughs> and he was definitely that, um, he was a, a driven individual and, you know, he, he was, there for a reason. Um, and you know, that, that's something that I had learned from him, you know, put your goals out there for, write those down, um, makes, you know, put that stuff on paper and really visualize exactly what you're trying to complete here. Um, so definitely that, um, his name was for Jim. Um, but then, you know, my dad, I would say, you know, he, he's a huge motivator. I wouldn't say he is an entrepreneurial spirited person, um, and that's, and that's really, you know, there, there's a lot of different lessons to learn about entrepreneurials. Um, he had always said this to me and I, this was like burned into my brain since I was a kid. He said, why be careful who you step on to elevate yourself? Cause you might meet each other again on the way back down. Exactly. And, you know, I understood that treating people the correct way, regardless of where you were in life and where they were, or where anyone was, you know, you got to treat people the right way. Um, and you just got to respect people and, you know, there's obviously a competitive nature, but you need to, you know, treat people with respect and, you know, how important that actually is in, uh, you know, this realm. So the, uh, so let's talk about, um, let's talk about where, where you are now. So talk about what you're currently involved in and, um, what the, and, what the goals are right now at this point in your life. You know, you were, we talked about how you got started, uh, where you began that journey. Now, you know, you're a seasoned business owner. You know, you've helped um, other companies start that weren't your own. Now, now you're involved in uh, two companies that I know of. There might be the third and the fourth, knowing you. Yeah. Who knows? that That's in the fire, you know. But, but let's talk about what you're currently doing now. And... Um, I guess how your views are on uh, business ownership or running a business now as they, uh, as opposed to what they were in the past. Yeah, most certainly. Um, definitely, you know, I, as a younger person um, that drive super hard, push yourself to the limit, push your body to the limit, um, the physicality um, aspect of it, uh, you know, I, I would say I pulled back on that a little bit um, where I'm not just like grind myself down. Don't you, Mm. you can, that that's definitely a thing uh, burning yourself out. I've been through that, you know, my younger years where I just stepped away and just was like, Hey, um, I need a little bit of time off because 
of, you know, the intensity that I had just been taking for maybe a few years at a time. And, um, you know, just basically balance is really the key to everything. Now, you know, people work long hours. I'm not saying don't stop working. Um, the balance though, you need to start balancing your life as an older person. I started to realize that that was, um, definitely the key to maximizing yourself. Um, and then now, you know, I'm involved in a few of these businesses here. Um, another thing with the respect and building a community around you, um, you know, as you go through business, you're going to rub elbows with a ton of people. Um, and, you know, you, you should really look at that as like a long-term goal. It's building relationships, building quality relationships, building, you know, and sometimes you work with someone and you've been there for a while and it's just, you know, that's, that's the end of that. Like it's not going to work out anymore because it's not. So, you know, cutting ties that aren't, you know, working for you. No one said, you know, hang on as long as you possibly could. Um, so really being realistic about where the relationships are kind of going in those directions. Um, so, you know, definitely hanging on to a point, um, and working hard, but you know, when something is, you know, not really working for you anymore, you gotta, you know, when it's time to call it. Um, so that's definitely something I've learned in my older years. Like you said, I'm definitely involved in, you know, maybe the three, four, five business right now. Um, <laughs> but that's because of the one business that I have gotten involved in, um, that I had created myself uh, as a, a consultant, um, for people that are trying to start their own businesses. Um, now I've become, you know, that, again, building your reputation. Uh, I've been a reputable person to say, Hey, I want to get into this industry. Who do I need to speak to? Um, you know, that's definitely a difficult step. You know, I, I would say I was humbled the first time I had got a call and I was saying, Hey, like, this, this, the person really just wanted to pick my brain and understand what I knew because they felt like that was beneficial to get to their goals. Um, so, you know, as an older person, I realize it's less about the competition. And, you know, when you look back on your own businesses and your own projects, you know, the giving aspect, you know, a lot of people, why is my business working? Why is it? You need to give more. You need to give more to other people. Um, and just help them, help them help themselves. If you have an army of people that you helped behind you and you ultimately, you know, you're loyal to them, they're loyal to you. Like that's, that's priceless. Um, and you know, just doing good deeds and being treating people the correct way is honestly, you know, the best way to get to that. Yeah. Giving is the best way to get, I mean, you know what I mean? E even just giving, without the expectation of getting, you know, you know, you give, when you first get started, you, you give so much energy, uh, time and effort to your, to your clients, to your customers, you develop a staff. Now you, now you give to them. Now you got to pour into them. And so they can give to the customers and clients, or then you, be, you begin to, uh, to collect businesses. Now you want to give to your organization. Exactly. You know, so the giving cycle never ends. And what I've found is uh, one of my one of my old um, business coaches. Shout out to 
shout out to old uh, old Pat, you know, uh, from back in the fitness revolution days. Uh, he said, the more you can help people get what they want, the closer you're going to get to getting what you want. So the more happy, smiling faces you can create, uh, the bigger your bank account gets. <laughs> exactly. No, that's very true. Definitely. The more you give, the more you get. That's, that's for sure. So let's talk about, so your, I guess I, I call them your, your main two businesses right now. So let's talk about, talk about those right now. Let's talk about that. Okay. Um, yeah, I had got myself into the industry of um, insurance-based construction style. Um, and I, I really, I didn't have much experience in the background of that. I knew about construction. I knew about what these things were, you know, obviously things are getting built. Um, but I didn't fully understand how insurance was basically working. Um, now that that's definitely a veil to be pulled off people's eyes, um, because it's a very crazy industry. Um, and who are you telling Exactly, exactly. And so once I really got into that, uh, you know, I, I had just seen people that need help again, like that, that is the background of, you know, I, I've helped maybe four, five, uh, six of my friends build businesses. Um, I like to help people, um, you know, and this, once I had really understood the business, I had, you know, I had just seen something like, I really need to help people here. Like, this is a, something that people don't understand. Um, even if you are a homeowner or a vehicle owner or anything owner and you have insurance, most people have insurance, but that doesn't mean they understand what is happening. Um, and have no clue. Oh, and I had just seen these, these terrible, sad situations. And, you know, I, that sparked something in me that was just like, I, I, there needs to be someone like regulating this or, or like fighting for people to like help them and make sure they're getting what's deserved to them and, you know, getting them out of these situations and just fixing these problems because, you know, these people's lives are upended and, you know, it, it's just sad. And, you know, if it's not handled correctly, they could be left in a very vulnerable situation. And once I realized that I was like, this is, you know, this is so necessary. I can't even yeah. begin to talk to people about how, you know, edu- you need to educate yourself in this. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, also the Irish bartender. Mm-hmm. Now I see you having a lot of fun with this, man, having a lot of fun with it. So, so, so talk a little bit about that, about the Irish bartender. I love the Irish bartender. Exactly that. I wanted to start something that was fun and like I could work and, you know, this could be uh, maybe a side project. It really started out as something a few of my friends, you know, had said, hey, why don't we do something? Um, I had been pulled into it by a few other business owners. They had really helped me out. Um, You know, shout out to Letty and Selena Wilkes, the owners of Elm Woods. And a few other businesses, Port 44, um, all the ones over there in Williamsport, Maryland. And um, Dave and Cindy um, from Castles in Williamsport. Ah. They had really helped me start that from the base. Um, I was their promoter, and they said, you know, I think you could get some business in this field. Um, So what I had started with them is the wedding business where I had started to bartend weddings um, for them different venues owners. Um, I actually had known Selena and Letty um, and I had just got booked 
to a wedding there. And then when I showed up, I was like, I didn't realize you guys own this place. And then, you know, there, you know, that's how our relationship kind of kicked off. Once I had come back to the area, I had was gone from the area for maybe eight years. And then um, once I had come back, I was really trying to hit the ground running and build some relationships. Um, so Dave and Cindy really had helped me out a lot. Um, and specifically Cindy, um, she was doing some wedding coordinating and she had, you know, taught me a little bit about the business and what really went into it. Um, and then it grew from there. So now there's a lot of different aspects of the Irish bartender. Um, I've become a mixologist. I was already kind of like a beer wine guy. Wouldn't I wish, you know, I would like to become a sommelier, but now, um, I do promotions through that. I do weddings I do consulting for small businesses and restaurants um, mm. and event centers. And then, uh, you know, I do mixology uh, things at people's houses or oh, wow. businesses just to show them, you know, the, the fun. And, you know, it, like I said, it, it's a good time to show people how to make a great cocktail and have a good time on a Friday or Saturday. Um, and then, you know, the, it's just turned into – I couldn't even I couldn't have imagined honestly that this was going to become this. Um, I really just did it to I needed to start my own LLC to grab insurance because I was afraid <laughs> that someone would leave one of these events and you know God forbid get in some type of situation um, that would leave me vulnerable. Um, so right. that's why I really had started that, and then it just grew. Apparently, there was just a huge need for it in the area. Um, and then I had started to get hired by restaurant owners and a lot of different restaurants, um, people that needed ideas to build restaurants. Um, right now we are in the works of starting the distillery here in Williamsport, Maryland. So, you know, it's hits close to home with me. Um, I love to see the business development and the growth, um, in my own community here. And, you know, we're, out here grinding to start a distillery slick and let's um that's what it's going to be called here in williamsport um say it again slick and let's slick and let's so that is the nicknames of the two um ladies letty and selena so we are diving headfirst into that project and have been doing so for the last year or so um and then you know working with a lot of different similar projects um with that and then now you know i've become a full-fed fledged wedding coordinator so i didn't oh, see wow. that i didn't see that coming really yeah right and a lot of my friends are like oh man i wish i was, i wish i could do wedding coordinator you know all my girlfriends are like hey you know i want to be a wedding coordinator and you know i, I don't know how i kind of <laughs> fell into this situation i just you a I, single man connor yeah i am a, yeah exactly so I had listen, known. let me listen. <laughs> you know, you think you're slick. You know, you you you, you know, you're trying to get in on these uh, bridal parties. Okay, exactly. You know what? That's that's not a bad hustle. It's not. Bad. <laughs> no, it's not a bad hustle. I mean, I had done a lot of bartending throughout the years. I've probably been a bartender for ten years, and that was always like my fallback thing. Again, I did it for fun. I would live around the beach areas. Um, you know, I, I was just passionate about the socialization uh, that you know those things had to offer. And so I had educated myself on how to make a good drink um, and, you know, what people want to know. See, that's why people hire me. You know, they know I've done my educational purposes. How do you enjoy yourself? They want to figure out how to enjoy themselves because now they're at that point in their life where they can. 
And, uh, you know, that's where I come in. But so, you know, now that I had had those experiences on the Jersey Shore and in, you know, New York and Long Island and, uh, you know, Ocean City, Maryland, throughout Delaware and mm. Frederick, I came back to my hometown to kind of, um, you know, tell people about it and have those experiences. Well, let's, I'm going to ask you one more business question. Mm-hmm. And it's this. So we know that the hardest part of the business journey is the startup period. Yep. So those first two years. So if you had to go back in time, yeah, right, and talk to your younger self just getting started about the first two years of a new business, what advice are you giving to, to young Connor about the first two years of a startup? First two years of a startup, um, I mean, definitely, you know, what I've been preaching the whole, it's, it's about relationship building. It's about, you know, uh, helping people help you, um, getting out there, really rubbing elbows, man, you, you got to get out there now, you know, I have transitioned myself. That's, that's the new thing, um, is the business development business. So right now I have become a business development manager. That's why I'm the director of business development and have been for a few companies, um, I specialize in the startup of the actual business. Now, bringing in people, bringing in people to help work, bringing in people to support, um, you know, it, it works in a lot of different aspects of ways there. Um, you know, like I said, the importance of starting a business is figuring out the cog, figuring out how this is going to run. You know, almost you, you want a business to always run ultimately by itself if it possibly can. Um, That's the goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're going to build this up and, you know, have other people come in and work its way into that so you can work your way out to the top. Um, basically, I would say finding people that are skilled. You know, that, that's most certainly the mo- the difficulty of where we're living in right now, finding workers, yeah. finding skilled workers, finding someone that's willing to work. I mean, you can go out and hire an employee, but that doesn't mean they're going to help you in any way, shape or form. And it's two uh, things, skilled workers and skilled workers who want to work. So, yes, the key to vetting uh, employees um, is huge. Uh, you know, that mm. comes back to my recruiting aspect. I would have to vet what would be potential employees. That's how, you know, they get you there. You vet potential employees and then you sell them to a, to another person. And basically, if you're selling people that aren't good people, then your reputation <laughs> is not yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so being able to vet people correctly, finding good employees, finding people that are, you know, are going to work hard for you that are passionate about what you're doing um, and understanding how to make that beneficial for them. I've always said, you know, if someone works for me or works with me, I, after every time I would want them to feel like they've gained something. Hmm, I want them to feel like this wasn't just a waste of time. You know, obviously there's finances involved and, you know, this person's going to get money, but Ultimately, what are they trying to gain? Are they trying to learn something? And a lot of times, yes, they would like to be benefited in an educational standpoint. 
Um, and, you know, I always want people to feel like they've learned something about the industry. Now, whatever it is, fitness, business, restaurants, anything that when they had gotten involved with me, when they left, they left with, you know, more education about what's happening. Um, so yeah. understanding how to do that correctly, you know, that, that's a, that's difficult. Takes time, takes um, it takes patience and it takes a commitment to becoming better. Um, two words that were always part of my vocabulary when I, when I, when I had the gym was what's next. So once we got here, what's next, or, you know, once we got here, what's next. Um, in 25 years, I, I always, I always wanted to find mentors even 25 years in i was always looking for people who were doing better than me and i wanted to learn how they were doing what they were doing i think it's that uh, people have different connotations when they hear the words like stay humble but i think it's important not to think less of yourself but just not to think like so much of yourself that you're too good to learn oh most certainly yeah the only i mean a person that thinks they know everything is a fool i mean it always, I mean, I've never met anyone that doesn't have at least something to learn, you know, in a different aspect maybe, but, you know, there's still things to be learned even at a ripe old age, you know, and so the educational process isn't just for young people, you know, that's, yeah. that's what our educational process is, it's teach now a little bit, um, but no, this is a lifelong journey. Um, so, you know, finding that mentors, finding those people that are going to teach you those things, that's, that's huge. So the building of the relationships and the communication, um, you know, is super important. So here's, all right. So listen, I want to thank you for coming on today. It's always good talking to you, man. Like I could talk to you for like three hours. No, no joke. I appreciate it. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we always have a good time. We're going to get together. We're going to head back to the old, to the good old broad axe, man. Have a, have yeah. a couple of drinks okay. on these nights. And, you know, we're going to solve all the world's problems. That's what we need to do. Or, you know, <laughs> I'm also down with a late night workout. We always hit a localized gym. Get the same out of that. <laughs> well, listen, I, I need I need you to calm down because you know you're not quite <laughs> on my level here. I mean, I need you to. <laughs> no, you kidding me? No way, man. I'm 48, bro. You kidding me, man? I, I'm happy to get like a good 30 minutes in these days. You know, I had to go to the gym for two and a half hours and you know go hang and bang like yes. I was you know getting ready for a, a Marvel movie that's the humbleness <laughs> that's the humbleness I know you got that Spider-Man still left in you so I, <laughs> I, 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 I've i lessened my workouts a little bit you know I, I think we would definitely be on the same par tell my tell my knees I still got it my knees don't agree with you <laughs> yep. they don't agree with you at all man so so final question of the day it's always the most important one you realize that, right? This yeah. is the most important one of the day. Yeah. The final question is, uh, for you, is uh, what is your favorite modern cocktail and what is your favorite old school classic cocktail? That, that's a tough question. Um, I'll give you the classic first because I know I, I got that right off the top of my head. Um, I had done – someone had brought me into um, – for a murder mystery event 
that was based out of the early 1800s. They said, make me a classic cocktail from the 1800s. And I said, that it doesn't exist. There's only whiskey. <laughs> like, just drinking, there's, there's only whiskey. That's all they had. Drinking straight whiskey. Um, classic cocktail, <laughs> Tom Collins. Um, you know, hmm. the, the gin, the lemon, the fresh, you know, you know, any good cocktail has fresh citrus in it. Um, that's, that's definitely the base of, uh, of what's going on. Um, now, you know, modernized style. Um, I like a little bit of the berry. I like a little bit of, uh, some sourness to it. Um, I know I, I'm actually a Jack Daniels squire. Um, so I have in the <laughs> urban club of Jack Daniels, I own a 10 foot plot of land inside of the distillery parts of Lynchburg. Um, so I will give them the representation. I had wrote them a letter about how my favorite cocktail was a spin on the Lynchburg lemonade, which is fresh lemonade, lemon, and Jack Daniels sour mash with oh, muddled, wow. with muddled blackberry in it. Um, so I will stay true. I will stay true to that. And uh, that is definitely one of my favorite cocktails. It's perfect for the time right now. It's July. It's super hot. You need something refreshing with some good citrus and then maybe a little bit of extra fruit in there. Um, so I, I'll stick with that. Me, I like a good old fashioned, a good old, I like a good smoked old fashioned. Oh, yeah. That's a great drink. I can. Yeah. But. If it doesn't have the big, the big circle, the big circle piece of ice in it, I don't want it. Yes, you need you need the big cube or the big circle. The re, the reality need the big is circle that it it's, it melts slower. So that's why people yeah. do that. It melts slower. There's you know there's more surface area and it doesn't water down your drink. But the key I always thought um, is a good bitters. Now you can I've seen people make their own, but. Um, I, I do do a place that has Luxardo cherries and, you know, a, a traditional old fashioned, they don't call for cherry. A new age old fashioned always has cherries. If you can have a Luxardo cherry with just a splash of that cherry, black cherry syrup that they have there, that will make a great old fashioned. I'm going to keep that in mind for next time I order one. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to think I'm bougie. Do you have any Luxardo cherries that you can put in my old fashioned? Oh, they're like a dollar. <laughs> it's definitely bougie. Now, now is, I don't know if it's modern or not, but uh, it, is a mule modern or is that considered a classic? A Moscow mule? Um, I would say it's a bit hmm. of a, cl- I mean, ginger beer, you know, has been around in different forms for a while. Um, the vodka, ginger beer, lime juice. Um, I, I would say that's a pretty classic one. You know, things are coming. I get mine made with bourbon. I get mine Kentucky oh, okay. style. Oh, so you like a julep? Oh, is, oh, is, is that what it's called? A julep? Um, you know, the the waves between those. You know, you <laughs> throw a little mint julep in there, then it becomes. But that that does have a lime base. They're both served in copper cups. They look a little bit different. Um, but yeah, that that could be considered a julep, depending on what you throw in there with the bourbon. Um, but no, I, I agree. That's a very good drink. I'm actually designing a few, um, cocktail menus right now. And one is heavily based around the julep. Look, you gotta have, you gotta have a mule on the lineup, man. You have to. The mule is good. I mean, I would say like four or five years ago, the mule was just at its peak. It took off everywhere. There wasn't a restaurant that didn't (laughs) have those copper mugs in there with the ginger beer. 
Uh, I know. Look, I'm insulted when I order a mule and they bring it to me in glass. I, I, I'm like, get this out of here. They're like, what is this? Please. That's the first question. Do you have a copper mug? If so, I will take a Moscow mule. Um, <laughs> which, I mean, again, I, that was one of my favorite drinks for sure. Once that really became mainstreamed, I loved it. Um, I, I, I would do that all the time. Um, but, you know, I, I do like some of the little I, – I like to throw a little bit of herbs now into the drink. That's where we get into the oh. juleps. Oh, you're fancy. I mean, I just like – I'll do some mocktails, some cocktails and stuff. It comes back to the fitness and the nutrition. If I could get <laughs> some antioxidants and some fresh herbs. <laughs> okay, so, okay, I see you trying to do. You're, you're trying to – okay, you're trying to rationalize your consumption. Okay, exactly. I see where it is. Okay. Here, multi-purposes. That's what I'm doing. Well, listen, man, what are your websites? So if we want to we want to uh, get involved in your businesses, yeah. uh, what are your – we have need of your services. How can we get a hold of you? Um, Facebook, Instagram, a lot of those social media sites. Um, you can check out the Irish bartender, Connor, the Irish bartender on there. Um, absolute restoration services is both on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so those numbers are listed, um, and you know, email addresses, everything, you know, if you need those services or myself, you know, feel free to reach out, give me a call. I love it, man. Well, look, y'all, this was a good time. I appreciate Mr. Connor Doherty for coming on today. Always a good time with my main man. And I appreciate you for listening in today. As always, act like your mama gave you some sense and some manners and uh, drop me a good five-star review on this and every single episode on the channel. I want every episode five-star rated. I also want you to share it with someone who you think needs to hear this today. Uh, Even if they don't, share it anyway. Uh, and also leave some comments in our Facebook group. Uh, we have a really cool community that talks about the episodes and I'll share some of my personal insights. So don't forget to check us out on Facebook too. And, uh, until next time I'm coming at you with some more heat next week. So get out there, live your life, love and hustle as always. Peace. Thank you for joining us today on life, love and hustle. We appreciate you and your support more than you know. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone who could benefit from it. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook to continue the conversation and get exclusive access to even more content. We're grateful for your loyalty and we can't wait to see you hustle your way to success. We'll be here for you every step of the way. Thank you for joining us today on Life, Love & Hustle. We appreciate you and your support more than you know. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone who could benefit from it. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook to continue the conversation and get exclusive access to even more content. We're grateful for your loyalty and we can't wait to see you hustle your way to success. We'll be here for you every step of the way. 